Well, I guess if you don't know, by now, the message this afternoon is joy. We're in our third week of Advent, a time to anticipate the coming of joy. Most of the time, we associate joy with happiness, right? But joy is different, especially when it comes from the Lord. Joy is a gift. In our gospel reading, the angels appeared to the shepherds, and amidst all their fear and wonder, the angels bring a message of good news, a promise of this great joy that will be for all people, a gift that would be given that very night. I want to stir up a childhood memory by reading a passage from none only and only then the Grinch. <laughs> Three thousand feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-poo to the who's, he was scrinchy, grinchishly humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch. That's a, I simply must hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, and then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was very, it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, and bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Do we remember that? I believe the Grinch experienced this so-called love, the type, this so-called joy, sorry, love and joy, the type of joy that doesn't come from material things bought at a store. This type of joy comes from something much more. When I think of joy, my mind automatically takes me to the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Why would the Lord describe these holy attributes as fruit? Well, we're at the grocery store buying fruit. Let's say an apple. Do we ever stop to think, where did the apple come from? Did it fall from the sky? No, 
you know. Did it come from a truck? Well, yes, a truck that came from a farm, run and owned by a farmer who picked that apple from a tree, a tree that took years to grow, and from what? A seed, a seed planted and nurtured. In John 12, 24, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And so it is for us that Jesus died for us. He plants his spirit in us so that we might produce fruit. One of these fruits being joy, a gift of the spirit given to all people to be spread far and wide. Well, we talk a lot this time of year about this being the giving season. But what about being on the receiving end? In Luke eleven thirteen, it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Joy is a gift, a gift of the Holy Spirit. Joy is the byproduct of the Spirit living in you. It is a gift to be received. Received. Hmm. <laughs> the inability to receive has caused me a lot of problems in my life. You wouldn't think that, would you? Receiving has never been easy for me. In Acts 20, 35, it remembers the words of Jesus, that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, this is where the problem lies for me. Thinking I would be blessed by hearing those words, I became a constant giver, never taking time out to receive, staying too busy. It, it is more blessed to give, but is it more important or is it, more, is it better than receiving? When I think about the words Jesus spoke to Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary received a gift that day, the gift being the presence of Jesus. She received what he came to give, a joyful gift that could not be taken from her. This makes me think of the question. Now, bear with me. Don't laugh. <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> In this case, what comes first, the giving or the receiving? You are either a giver or a receiver. Where there is a giver, there is always a receiver. 
Both are so important in the kingdom of God. In an ideal world, the giver becomes the receiver, and so on, and so on. And can you now see the cycle? I, I didn't bring my white board. <laughs> so what came first, the chicken or the egg? I believe he created the chicken to lay the egg because the egg needed to be sat on and nurtured. And once the egg is hatched, what does it do? It grows up <laughs> and becomes another chicken. And what does that chicken do? Unless it meets Frank Perdue? <laughs> oh, it lays more eggs. So, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I'm going to let you decide. <laughs> I gave my opinion. Well, the overall answer is fairly easy. We can't give what we haven't already received. Yes. So the Apostle Paul, he knew this concept all too well. When he wrote his letter to the Church of the Philippi, his purpose in his letter was to thank the Philippians for the gift they had sent him and to strengthen believers by showing them that true joy comes from Jesus Christ alone. So I wanted to read the introduction to the book of Philippians. It's in my NIV. The word happiness invokes visions of unwrapping gifts on Christmas morning, strolling hand in hand with the one you love, being surprised on your birthday, responding with unbridled laughter to a comedian, or vacationing in an exotic locale. Everyone wants to be happy. We make chasing the elusive ideal a lifelong pursuit, spending money, collecting things, and searching for new experiences. But if happiness depends on our circumstances, what happens when the toys rust, loved ones die, Health deteriorates, money is stolen, and the party's over. Often happiness flees and despair sets in. In contrast to happiness stands joy. Running deeper and stronger, joy is the quiet, confident assurance of God's love and work in our lives. That he will be there no matter what. Happiness depends on happenings. But joy depends on Christ. Amen? Philippians is Paul's joy letter. The church in that Macedonian city had been a great encouragement to Paul. The Philippians believers had enjoyed a very special relationship with Paul. So he wrote them a personal expression of his love and affection. They had brought him great joy. Philippians is also a joyful book because it emphasizes the real joy of the Christian life. The concept of rejoicing, or joy, appears 16 times in four chapters, and the pages radiate the positive message, culminating in the exhortation to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, 
rejoice. And that's Philippians 4.4. In a life dedicated to serving Christ, Paul had faced excruciating poverty, abundant wealth, and everything in between. He even wrote this joyful letter from prison. Whatever the circumstances, Paul had learned to be content, finding real joy as he focused on all focused all of his attention and energy on knowing Christ and obeying him. Paul's desire to know Christ above all else is wonderfully expressed in the following words. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his suffering, becoming like him in his death. May we share Paul's aspirations and seek to know Jesus Christ more and more. Rejoice with Paul in Philippians and rededicate yourself to finding joy in Christ. And I encourage you to read the book of Philippians over this holiday to renew the gift of joy in your life. Throughout his letter, Paul speaks of joy in suffering, joy in serving, joy in believing, and joy in giving. Although Paul is writing from prison, joy is the dominant theme to his letter. The secret of his joy is grounded in his relationship with Christ. Christians are to be joyful in every circumstance, even when things are going badly. How hard is that? Even when we feel like complaining, how easy it is to complain. Even when we know, uh, even when no one else is joyful. Christ still reigns and we still know him, so we can rejoice at all times. Isn't this what the Who's down in Whoville experienced when they woke up that Christmas morning and all their presents were gone? Isn't this why the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day? The joy of the living God cannot be taken from us. Just like Mary experienced when she knelt at his feet, it's the kind of joy that doesn't come from a store. It's that kind of joy that means just a little bit more. So joy is a gift, the gift that keeps on giving. Can you see the cycle? Amen. And I just want to share with you First Thessalonians. Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus.